trying to drink less alcohol, but need some extra motivation. Maybe you've tried moderation, but you keep waking up disappointed and hungover. Are you curious about sober life? Or maybe you're like us, have been alcohol free for a while and are in it for the long haul. Well, you're in the right place. I'm Meg. And I'm Bella. And our Not Drinking Today podcast is an invaluable resource to keep you motivated and on track today and beyond. We are This Naked Mind certified coaches who live in Sydney and love our alcohol-free life. And last but not least, if you enjoy the content of our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe and share it. It really is integral to getting the podcast out to those that might need it. So grab a cuppa and let's get started. Hello, everybody. It's Isabella here going solo, and it's part of Meg and my initiative to really address some hot topics around alcohol and to answer some questions that listeners email into us. So this episode will be short and sharp, but it will change everything that you think about alcohol. It's going to change what you think you are gaining from it, and it'll have you questioning why it is you actually want to drink it. Well, it did for me anyway. Today, we're going to talk about alcohol-induced lows. And I first heard this term from Annie Grace, the author of This Naked Mind, and it really altered my perspective around alcohol, took the desire away. And it's one of the things that I learned from Annie that I still remember quite frequently all the time, really even now, four years on after giving up alcohol. So most pleasures in your life will lift you up from the status quo feeling that you have to a particular level of enjoyment. And all of this differs from person to person. Your own individual chemistry is going to be different. But these pleasures, after they've been felt, will then gently drop you back down to a normal level of happiness. So think a walk in nature, sitting in the sun, drinking a cup of tea. So here's another example. You're having a normal day, busy but not stressful, you're content. You might go out to a new restaurant or a movie with a friend and it's great. You have a really good time. You love it. You drive home and then you settle in front of the TV, perhaps then head to bed and you settle back into your new normal. You're feeling good, maybe not euphoric, but you're feeling content. You've had a good time and you don't want anything different. You're feeling those three C's that I tell clients is what you gain on the other side of alcohol, calm, content, in control. But alcohol works really differently. At the beginning, you just usually experience the euphoria caused by that artificial stimulation of the brain's pleasure center. That's when you receive a dopamine dump after that first drink. But It's an unnaturally high level of euphoria, and that's the bait for the trap because the euphoria fades, and it fades quite quickly, quite brutally in a way, and you're not left with that content, pleasurable feeling. And in fact, you feel worse than you did than before the first drink, like something is missing. Uh, You're kind of feeling a level of dysphoria which is a state of feeling quite antsy, unhappy, uneasy, or distressed. You feel this when your blood alcohol level starts to fade after the very first drink. 
When your body seeks to maintain homeostasis to counteract the imbalance caused by that dopamine dump, it releases dynorphine and stress hormones. And that is what gives you the antsy, restless feeling. So at this point, you have a few choices to make. So you've had your first drink, the good feeling's worn off, and you're left in that restless state. Well, you can let the empty, needy feeling hang. And this makes you just feel quite unpleasant. You can use your willpower to not change the feeling. And that's sort of exhausting. Or you can pour another drink uh, and you'll knock it back and you'll get that intense relief from the inner struggle. And a feeling of pleasure then takes hold. But Annie Grace talks about this like it's the pleasure you feel from taking your shoes off when you formed a blister. The blister is painful. The memory, absence of that pain is experienced as pleasure. So it's not the pleasure. You're actually feeling relief from removing the pain, returning you to the status quo. But you see, alcohol won't leave you in that status quo feeling. The empty feeling will return soon and you'll let the tension build up until you go out seeking another drink and the relief that comes from it. So it's easy to see how it's a vicious cycle after that first drink. And it's not a cycle of pleasure, but it's a cycle of pain and relief, seeking relief from the restless feeling that alcohol caused in the first place. So your body's trying to, you see, protect itself from the poison that is contained in alcohol or ethanol. That's another way of putting it. And one of the ways that it does this is really to turn down the, the pleasure high that you are receiving. And Uh, As I mentioned previously, that's by the release of those stress hormones in anticipation of the first drink. Yes, this is what actually happens when you're a regular drinker. Your body anticipates that you're about to have your evening glass of wine or three, and it actually anticipates this by releasing the stress hormones to counteract it, to protect itself. So you're not going to actually get that same level of high or relief, euphoria that you're seeking from alcohol ever again if you're a regular drinker. So the next drink never feels as good as the first drink. And over time, alcohol won't bring you back up to that high anymore, but it actually brings you back a heck of a lot lower than what you were feeling before you had that first drink. And the scariest part is that eventually even alcohol won't be able to bring you back up to that status quo feeling. Your body builds up a tolerance and it's releasing those stress hormones in anticipation of the alcohol and it's decreasing the euphoria. So if this is happening, if you're a regular drinker, by this stage you're you're quite addicted to the relief of the pain or the euphoria and you're wanting this to seek relief from that craving, that craving that can get quite intense, particularly in that five to 8 p.m. window, and you're actually trying to drink away the pain that alcohol caused in the first place. The only real cure, I'm afraid to say, uh, wait for it, surprise, surprise, is really just to stop introducing alcohol into your system in the first place or significantly reduce it. So, 
that, you know, you're drinking quite rarely. So this is truly the main reason behind why I really do not want to drink that first glass anymore. I know that after 20 minutes of feeling some sort of relief, I will start to feel antsy and restless Look for that second glass, which will not feel as good as the first, and I will be plonked straight back into a feeling state that is worse than the feeling state that started immediately before I had that first glass. Uh, So is that 20 minutes worth it? No. Your second glass will not get you back to the high of the first, and you're really better off trying to sit and accept that sort of feeling, the status quo feeling that you might have before you got that feeling that you might seek out a glass of wine and then look for things that do work. And, you know, it's the old-fashioned things, family hugs, hikes, belly laughs, cooking a good nourishing meal, uh, holidays, sunshine, you know, the healthy stuff. So thank you so much for tuning into this short, sharp episode on alcohol-induced lows. I just know it will be so helpful to so many of you just to really uh, hopefully help you to pause, to really get mindful before you have that glass and think, why in 20 minutes do I want to be plonked back in a place that feels worse than what I'm feeling now? Please send in any other hot topics that you would like Meg and I to address. Uh, Email some questions. We love it. We're really going to have some fun answering all of these questions in our Not Drinking Today podcast this year. See you later, everybody. If you don't already know, in addition to our podcasting work, we are each sobriety coaches with our own separate businesses, helping people to drink less. If you or a loved one want to take a break from alcohol, we invite you to have a look at our individual websites. Meg's is glassfulfilled.com.au and Bella's is isabellaferguson.com.au. So take the next step that feels right for you.